Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for Closing the Wealth Gap. The one show, maybe the only show that shows you how to close the wealth gap in your own life with the man who's done it for many, our wealth coach himself, Tyrone French. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Closing the Wealth Gap. I'm your host, Tyrone French. I want to thank everybody for listening. I know there's a lot of things that you could be doing right now, but you chose to listen to this podcast. I really appreciate you. Another thing I'd like for you to do, though, uh, matter of fact, I would really appreciate it if you would follow, follow this podcast. Uh, you can reach me directly as far as my website. Go to TyroneFrench.coach. That's TyroneFrench.coach. Or you can download my free mobile app. Just text Tyrone French to 36260. Again, text Tyrone French to 36260. And now that we've gotten that out of the way, I want to say hi to my good friend, Paul Roberts. How you doing, Paul? I'm good. I'm good. You know, you're going to talk about a topic, as you always do, that's on the forefront of where we're at today here. I, I read about it, and then I hear about you talking about it. Or, or quite often, I hear you talking about it, and then I read about it. <laughs> you know, the thing is, everybody want to get from point A to point Z, but they don't quite know how to do it. It works. And so to, to take people from point A to point B with, with intention uh, is one of the goals. I mean, we the name of this show is Closing the Wealth Gap. And if, if people are just, if they're just paying attention to the media today, they understand that the wealth gap is getting wider and wider. Yeah. People are having a hard time just buying grocery and gas. And so it is draining mentally when you don't understand what's going on and how to solve this problem. And even if you do, you don't think there's anything you can do about it. There is no intention I can take. There are no steps I can take. And that's the hopelessness. And see, right. what we want to do is we want to go ahead and change that narrative. Because even the Bible says you want to call things that are not as though they were. Mm. So when you begin to call things that are not as though they were, meaning that you already take possession of those things, you already have them mentally. You're just waiting for them to manifest. But there is a process and there is a sequence. It's called syntax to develop that knowledge. And we got the perfect person today to explain this. All right. Bring her in. Carolyn, are you there? I am. Hey, I tell you what, audience, this is my good friend, Carolyn Cooper. And again, full, uh, full uh, uh, disclosure. disclosure that we have been friends. I've been knowing this young lady ever since I was about maybe 11 years old, 12 years old. Uh, we went to the same church, Mount Chapel Baptist Church in Los Angeles. Shout out to them. She was actually the, uh, the choir director. And just I've been amazed by her her progression and the success and the philosophy that she has about life. So that's why she's on the show today. She has something valuable, uh, a simple philosophy that I think everyone needs to hear. So Carolyn, with, with that being said, without further ado, how are you doing young lady? I'm doing very well. And it's really a pleasure to hear you Tyrone. Yeah. I remember those days when we were young and, in, and enjoying ourselves. So we had to deal with the life situations that we're confronted with today. Yes, yes. And also, uh, not only she's a good friend of mine, but she's actually a client. So I have to, some some days we have these heated conversations. I just have to sit there and take it. Because <laughs> I can't lose her business. So, 
So I, I just, I, this, I love this woman. Uh, again, she's not just a client, but she's a family member. She's, I call her my sister. So uh, again, I'm really looking forward to just opening up and, and having a conversation that you guys can really uh, be able to appreciate um, the, the feeling that I have by just sitting down having conversations with her. Well, you're talking about feelings, and that's what we're going to explore today, emotional intelligence. I, I, I hear more and more about this. What happened to IQ? I thought that was the... That was the uh, factor. We're all supposed to figure out how smart we are. You so, you want to talk about how emotionally intelligent we are. Well, I tell you what, there was years um, that I didn't even have a word for this. And Carolyn, we were in, um, Carolyn, where were we? We were in Fresno, right? Yeah, we were in, yeah, we were in the Fresno area. We were, we were having lunch in Fresno, and we were having a conversation, and the topic came up about, um, you know, as far as success, and, you know, how I kind of faltered until I got a grips on uh, as far as understanding how to apply myself. And all of a sudden in the conversation between the, the tacos and the burritos, all of a sudden it was like she she uttered a word called emotional intelligence. And it just it blew my mind because I didn't have a word for it. So, Carolyn, again, I'm going to bring you in. I want to um, introduce you as far as, you know. Uh, tell our audience who you are, what do you do, and also your background, because you have a very interesting background. I know you're retired now, but tell people exactly what you did uh, over the last few years. Started off working for Orange County Probation Department. I worked there for nine years, and then I decided to go with adults, and I went into the Department of Corrections in California. I worked there for close to 30 years. Wow. And in that time period that I was working, I really got a chance to tune in on behavior um, and and a lack of emotional intelligence and how it can apply to us on a daily um, level and uh, what it can do to us if we don't take note of our level of emotion. So um, as I was going through my career, towards the end of my career, I went to the women's prisons out there, Chowchilla prison, um, and I was dealing with the females, and I was noticing that the females could not get a handle on themselves. It was acting out. There was a lot of things happening in there. So I dove into emotional intelligence. Now, how I came into a, um, knowledge of emotional intelligence I was a facilitator with the state, and I was teaching the leaders in the department um, leadership roles and responsibilities and the different levels of leadership. Okay. In the course of my in the course of my study of leadership, emotional intelligence was a component, and it was really it caught my attention because just like you, Tyrone, I never heard emotional intelligence. And I just started researching it and researching it and researching it. And I actually fell in love with it. Yes. Fast forward me now. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Fast forward me. Now that I've taught both of the leaders in the department, you know, the leadership roles and how emotional intelligence affects the leadership, start teaching the the inmates uh, emotional intelligence. And basically, yes, for a long time in our history, talk about IQ. IQ, you know, yes. The higher, uh, the higher your IQ, the smarter you are, the, the better you are, and you're going to be high achiever and you're going to be more successful. And that's not always true. Yes, yes. You know, 
Because I believe that narrative as well. And, you know, it was so like uh, if you're looking at the Menza programs and things like that, and they're looking at they're testing your IQ just to be a member. So you're thinking that you have to have uh, so much knowledge or, or have a, an intelligence or a certain awareness or being able to master your exams and being able being good on tests, that that's going to basically translate into how successful you're going to be in life. And for some reason, I just knew it just didn't feel right to me, Carolyn. It just didn't sit right. So finally, you know what? Yeah. So so finally, I got to again understanding that I had to control my own emotions. I had to control mm-hmm. my own feelings. And coming out of South mm-hmm. Central LA, I began to to just look at like life lessons to whereas people they would just lose it in an instant. And that loss of composure in an instant could cost them 5, 10, 15, 20 years of their lives. So do this for me. Kind of like explain uh, what I what EQ is, what emotional intelligence is. Well, you know, uh, the most common definition of emotional um, intelligence is, you know, it's the ability to perceive, use, and understand, manage, and handle emotions. Okay. So people with, with high emotional intelligence can recognize their own emotions versus someone else's. And I'm going to give you a classic example. Okay. Um, so somebody will walk up to you and they will say to you, oh, you know, you're ugly or you, you look bad or you, they say something negative to you. And the first thing you want to do is get mad. Or respond in kind. You want to respond in kind. Right. Yes. And then you want to throw back whatever it is that you think or you feel about that individual. Yes. Emotional intelligence teaches you that whatever it is that's coming out of that person's mouth has absolutely nothing to do with you. There's very emotions going on at that particular time, and what they're saying has absolutely nothing to do with you. And you can differentiate their emotions from your emotions. Yes. And so you can, you can properly respond to that or handle that or ignore that or walk away from that without feeling like you're a failure or you're a defeat. You have a clear understanding that that, that individual's problem, that, that individual's um, a situation, and you have absolutely nothing to do with it. And you can walk away clean and you can still hold your head up high and, and feel good about yourself. You know what? I can absolutely relate to what you just said. Because for many years, um, I used to think, you know, somebody would say something negative to me and I just thought that I automatically had to respond until I realized that that's their opinion and it doesn't make it right. It's just their opinion. And so when I began to really become self-aware and to understand that, the you know, how my emotions really played into my success and my my persistency or my level of achievement, I began to really focus and take a look at it. And again, I began to see that um, a lot of people are just bitter and they're just angry. They're upset. And all of a sudden something may happen. You're just you're that the, the last straw and they decide to explode on you. And then if you don't have this awareness, if you don't have this development, if you don't have this training, then you're going to want to respond in kind. But with that training, you can understand where this person's coming from and then try to ask them, well, uh, why did you say that? What? Why do you feel this way? 
you know, you know, what made you behave this way? Why would you want to do this? And it changes the entire narrative based on now you're still you rise above the circumstance or the situation versus being caught up in it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. You know what? And it transcends in your business. It transcends in making financial decisions. It, yes. it really transcends on every aspect of your life. So in, even in your field, people, you know, misuse their money based on their emotions. You know, they, yes. they had an argument with their mate. You know, things are not going right. So what they do, they go spend money. Emotional spending. To, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so and so so now they they're further in debt and still haven't achieved the goals that they want to achieve financially. It goes it spreads wide. It's a it's a wide spectrum of how emotional intelligence affects us on a daily basis. Yes, it's almost like having the reins on. Like if you're riding a horse, or you're driving your car and you have your hands on the steering wheel. And it's almost understanding of having the power of knowing that if you turn left, then the vehicle is going to go left. If you turn right, then the vehicle is going to turn right. If you pull back on the reins, the horse is going to is going to slow down or stop. Or if you hit the brakes to be able to understand that and to know that you're in control based on the directions and how fast and how slow. To me, that was empowering. And, and also to see people that are impaired. And when I say by you can be driving, uh, you know, drunk driving under the influence, you're not going to have the same control uh, of your circumstance or even your faculties as somebody that's not impaired, that's in, in control of the full faculties. So for me, that's how I relate it based on somebody having uh, emotional intelligence versus somebody not having emotional intelligence. You can see it. It's obvious. Obvious. Right. And so for a long time, they thought IQ was the key to be an effective leader and to be an effective entrepreneur. They realized that emotional intelligence actually supersedes the IQ. I agree. You don't, ha you don't have to be the smartest tool in the toolbox to be successful. Yes. You have to have the emotional intelligence to be able to pick out those people around you to make you successful. Yes. And have them want to be be led by you yes. because of your level of emotional intelligence. I agree. So tell me this. I know you have to, you used to do these group settings and you met with prisoners and stuff like that. Can you explain to me what it was like to see somebody that was walking around, stumbling around in the dark? And all of a sudden they, they understand they're, they're, they can be in control of their emotions. They have, I mean, to see them developing their emotional intelligence and to see that look in their face, to have that aha moment that this is what I needed. Can you just give an example of some of the situations, scenarios? I mean, working in the prison system, um, a lot of people that are in prison right now, they're there because they couldn't control their emotions. Absolutely. Their emotional IQ was very low. So in these group settings, especially with women that's incarcerated, their life experiences is a lot more complicated than the men because they've been sexually abused, physically abused, right. psychologically abused. I mean, there's been a lot of things that's happened to them. Uh, and I had this one particular young lady who came in very angry, mm. very bitter. I mean, she was fighting every day. She was getting locked up every other week. 
me, this woman was just way out of control. And I set her down and I started coaching her and talking to her, having sessions with her and other ladies in the group. But what drew my attention to her is that she finally dove down inside of herself to understand where all of those emotions was coming from. Mm. And it was coming from her childhood. Wow. It was coming from the, um, what she didn't receive it as a child, you know, the love, the caring, the nurturing. And so she grew up bitter and didn't realize that it was all because of what happened in the past. Yes. And once we started dealing with emotional intelligence, that's what emotional intelligence do. It gets you to recognize your your emotions. you got to understand your emotions first. Right. You have to understand where they come from, where they derive, and then you turn around and you start to manage those. When you manage those, you raise your level of thinking and you raise your level of responding to others and in the course of me dealing with her she started to understand that all the things that was happening to her on the outside had absolutely nothing to do with um with her that everything was coming from within and when she started dealing with herself and dealing with those emotions on the inside she made a remarkable change her behavior changed she became one of my students, she wanted to be my assistant because she had really made the change where she no longer was taking things personal, fighting every day and getting locked up behind something that was all because of what was going on inside of her. Yes, yes. It's amazing. Well, it's like amazing. I said, we, a... when we had that, we were having lunch one day and we had that, I had that aha moment, you, you emotional intelligence. And I, I realized, because I, I actually articulated that I began to live my life from the inside out and not from the inside, no, not from the outside in. And you say, yeah, that that's emotional intelligence. And it just blew me away, blew me away. So let me ask you this right now. You're with a, you're with an organization called calibrate 360. I want you to explain exactly what that is. So recalibrate 360. It's a neuro linguistic uh, practices and it actually deals with your subconscious mind pretty much where a lot of your emotional intelligence is harbored. So um, it really focused in on getting entrepreneurs to um, move to a high level of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and, and people who are leaders to get them to, you know, increase and, and, and improve their leadership skills and abilities. And so the program is designed to go inside of the subconscious mind and to restructure what's going on in there, break those barriers that's holding you back. Or recalibrate. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it recalibrates you to where you recognize all the things that um, your subconscious mind actually controls your whole body. I mean, yes. you know, uh, I mean, if you really think about it, and this is one thing that, you know, um, really caught my eye is that you don't never have to think about breathing. Right. So your, your subconscious mind is doing that for you. Yes. So there's a lot of things that your subconscious mind operates, you know, versus your conscious mind. Yes. So in, in that backdrop of your subconscious mind, there's things that's holding you back to become the best person you could possibly be. But you have to go in there and you have to recognize that. Yes, yes. Emotional intelligence and, and, and recalibrate 360 um, NLP 
all of that operates on you. Yes. Goes in and do a mental, emotional surgery on you. And it reshapes you so you can actually move in a direction that you really want to move in successfully and joyfully. Yes. You know, in our in our society, you hear people talk about, well, years ago, they used to talk about a state of mind. And, and more uh, recently, people start talking about uh, a mindset, but they really never get into that you're, you're dealing with your subconscious mind. As far as we call it a frequency. And mm-hmm. you, yes, yeah, so your subconscious mind, to my understanding, is that it, it believes everything. It can't help but believe. So whatever you're feeding it, that's what it's going to give you. And it's going to give you more of it. And even consciously, if you don't want to do certain things, like I hear people say all the time, or somebody do something uh, negatively, like especially when I was in the military and the CEO or somebody in charge would ask one of the junior officers, you know, why did you do that? And they would say, I don't know. It's like, well, you, you know better. Well, why did you do that? And they would say, well, I don't know. And a lot of these people are on, prog- on programs. They're on autopilot based on their subconscious mind that's been programmed uh, a lot of times at an early age for them to either to, to sabotage themselves. And they don't really they don't understand it. They don't realize that until they begin to develop that portion of their mind. And like, I like what you just said about uh, the, the body being a representation of the mind. And a lot of times people say, well, I've never seen my mind before. Nobody's ever seen the mind. They know that they have a mind and they'll point to their head or they'll think about their brain. But I have to tell people all the time, no, your mind is in your fingernails. It's in the hair follicles. Your mind is in your leg. It's in your arms because the subconscious mind is producing the body. Correct. Yeah, the body, I mean, the mind, The it, I, I say mind is movement and the body is a representation of that movement. Right. So tell me this, right. as far as dealing with, because I, I know a lot of veterans uh, would love to have this information, a lot of CEOs, a lot of business people that I work with. How can somebody get in touch with you, Carolyn, to get more information based on what they need to do to put certain things in place so that now they can... They can be all that they can be. They can live up to their full potential. Well, they can reach me at my number, which is area code 559-936-0307. Okay, repeat that for me, please. Area code 559-936-0307. Okay. And do you have a website? Or not a website, but like an email address or something. Uh, my email ad- address will be um, Jazzy LC seventy seven at gmail dot com. Okay. Also, if you guys are interested in getting some more information and, and talking with my good friend Carolyn Cooper, you can always reach out to Closing the Wealth Gap. Uh, go to my website tyronefrench dot co- uh, uh, If that's too long to type in, uh, just type in tf dot coach. Uh, you can go to TyroneFrench.com. But what I would love for you to do is check out my free app. Uh, it doesn't cost you a dime. All of my content information is right there. And again, you can use that app 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All you have to do is text Tyrone French at 36260. Again, that's Tyrone French at 36260. And Carolyn, last but not least, 
Um, I know that you you recently moved to Georgia. And for the for the local economy or the local listeners out there in Georgia, um, if they reach you exactly what and based on uh, recalibrate 360, what is the experience as far as them just starting? I mean, what's the process of getting it going? Uh, the process is um, they get in contact with me. Um, I will sit down, have a um, uh, meaningful conversation with them, find out what it is that they want to do, where they're going, what their goals and objectives are, and then I will put put um, some things together to help them um, get into that subconscious mind to break some of those barriers and 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 move them in the direction that they want to go. Okay. Uh, now, the process. Go ahead. The, the, the process only works when the individual want it to work. They are really serious about making the changes right, that right. they need to make. Now, is it is it like a uh, is it a, like a, a, a three week process or four weeks or six weeks or six months or you know what is the what's the duration? So that is it a is it a course? Yeah, no, it's it's not a course. The duration is. Depending upon the individual, it's individually based, and, it, and, and it's based on depthness of it. You know, some people might just say, "I procrastinate every day, and I mm. want to stop procrastination." Yes. Well, you know, I'll, I'll work on the procrastination part. Some people may have more than one issue, um, so it all depends on um, the case. So it's a case by case process. Okay. So, and there's, and I, and I have had people that had multiple issues and we just kind of worked on them by by step and and um um and achieved really really good results well i like what you said about procrastination because that's that's a real big one because the the enemy to success is procrastination and people don't want to procrastinate so they don't know why they continue to procrastinate and so when they find out why they're doing it uh that's that's part of the battle It, it that's you know half the war is 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 it's done when you find out why. Now, Carolyn, I tell you what, I, I tell you what, um, I got my Paul Roberts is sitting <laughs> back there. He's giddy. He's jumping up and down. He wants jumping to at the bed here. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to give the full to Paul and let him ask you a couple of questions. Go ahead, Paul. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I agree with everything you're saying, but here's the problem. I grew up in a world. I grew up in the Midwest. John Wayne was our hero. My dad was a big, rough, tough world war two bomber pilot. And I don't think it's any different today, whether you look at the past president or the current rap stars or the current CEOs. It's tough. That's what they're trying to sell us. Don't be weak. Don't be wimpy. Don't be emotional. Don't care. Don't be sensitive. Just shut up and do it my way. That's what power is all about. So isn't that short-circuiting? Is Aren't we, aren't we following the wrong message here? I, I, I think of the great Steve Jobs, as powerful as he was, as successful as he was, he wasn't supposed to be a very emotionally intelligent guy. Right. You know, he wasn't particularly sensitive or interested in how you felt. Uh, just like when I started work, nobody said, how do you feel today? How do I feel? I'm, I'm just happy I got a yeah, job. Yeah, that was taboo. That yeah. was taboo. How do you feel Touchy today? Feel. You feel okay? Uh, I, I think we're trying to retrain executives uh, a different way. And that sends a message that success isn't about being emotionally intelligent. It's about being physically tough. What do you think about that? Wow, that's really interesting the way that you put that twist on it. Because emotional intelligence 
you're not always walking in a room and start asking people how they're feeling. Emotional intelligence is once you know yourself and you have identified very clearly your emotions and what's going on, you can pick out people's emotions. Yes, you're yes. Able to, you're, you're able to sit in a room it. and you can look at people's body language and their conversation and things that's going on. And when you gauge that emotion and then you and then you tap into that and you don't necessarily have to always talk about it. But you go in and you dive in with that individual, they, now you have your hooks to them. Mm, As a leader, that's what you want. You want somebody to say, oh, wow, that person cares enough to ask me my opinion about what's going on in this boardroom. Or that person has acknowledged that things wasn't going right that day, and they helped me turn it around just by having a conversation with me. So emotional intelligence isn't going around checking everybody's emotions. It's acknowledging and realizing their emotions when it's... Well, I was raised in a Midwestern culture where real men didn't show emotion. Real men don't cry. You know, real men don't, don't, you, 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 you weren't in touch with your emotions and you certainly didn't show them if you were emotional. If you were mad, you're supposed to take control of it. If you're sad, you're supposed to cover it up, suck it up. Uh, you know, it was not about emotion at all. Emotion was not a conversation. My fa- father and I didn't talk about emotions. Well, I tell you what, let me jump in here because again, it's not based on the reaction or the manifestation as far as the crying and the la- it's internal. Right. So now you can internally uh, manipulate that feeling before it reaches the surface. There you go. So that's the control mechanism. If, if, if that's, if we're on the same par- uh, page, Carolyn, is that uh, along the same lines that you're thinking about? You're in control of that emotion. You are, you're aware of it. You understand uh, the manifestation of it to whereas you don't have to, per- to portray uh, a certain uh, like an anger or bitterness just because circumstances are telling you that you should. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is, because, you know, the military so, and you know, when you talk about your veterans and everything like that, military breaks you all the way down. They break you all the way down and then they build you up how they want Amen to, to that. Up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But they are actually breaking down your level of emotions because when they desensitize you, be able to go out to war, that's what they've done. They have taken the emotions that you have and they have put them in a box for you yes. and say, we don't need that here. And then when you when you get out of the military and now you're back in society, you do not know how to reconnect those emotions. The amen so, to that. Yeah. Right. And so and now you're having difficulty because the military tell you to suck it up and be a man. A man is not supposed to cry. A man is supposed to, but a man is a human being. Yes. And so how do you reconnect your emotions after the military has broken them down and build you up to be this soldier and to be this this, this strong man in combat with no emotions and, you're supposed right. to ignore your emotions you're not supposed to be in touch with them you're supposed to act like they don't exist yes, yes. So, and you, and, so this this is what the nlp recalibrate does and emotional intelligence does when you combine those two and you start working them together it reconnects that person it starts to identify you know what it is that they're not connected to so I'm gonna give you a classic example. Okay. Uh, when I went through, when I went through the course, because I had to go through it myself, I had to get the treatment, I had to do everything. And what I realized is that 
I, because I worked 30 years working in a prison, and a prison is, is quasi-military, mm-hmm. I have suppressed a lot of emotions because yes. I cannot truly emotions in a prison. As, even as a female, when you know, because the men will kick you apart as soon as they see that you, there's a soft side to you. And right. I understand right. that. So when I started going through this process, I realized that my feelings was in a box as well. And I had to go to that box and I had to pull all those feelings out, deal with them, restructure them, and to get them to to the point where I can start leading and and be in control of my emotions instead of being, you know, so hardcore. Because being in the prison system as a woman, you had to stand your ground. Yes. Because if you didn't, you know, it would be a bad thing. So I, I kind of started relating and understanding exactly what the military was doing to a lot of people because they had to break them down to build them up. And that's the same thing that happened to so me. So it sounds like you're sort of talking about three different things. Getting in touch with your emotion, recognizing your emotions, not suppressing them, but feeling them, acknowledging them. I'm mad, I'm sad, or whatever. Then learning to control them so they don't take control of you. And then maybe even Correct. learn to express them properly and maybe even look for them in others and not just say, I, I don't care how you feel and just go over and do this. Yes. Shut up and just do this. Yes. Yes. It's like understanding okay. if you're working on a car and uh, knowing the right tool for the right job. Yeah. Your emotions are the same way, knowing the right, the right emotion for the right situation so that you can actually have a good experience versus, versus having a negative experience that you're going to hold on to for years. And I got I'm going to add this Carolyn before you, before we, um, you know, kind of pivot a little bit. What you said about the military is spot on. The military are great at training Marines and soldiers and sailors and airmen. They're great at that, but they have a bad, a bad track record of developing human beings. Because once you get out of the military, now you have that human side has to come out. And like you said, you suppress your emotions so, so much. That even when it's time, the, your circumstances and results are telling you that you need help, a lot of veterans don't seek that help because they've been conditioned and programmed that to suck it up. That even when you're going, you're getting help and a lot of uh, like, um, uh, like get a, a disability rating from the VA and to, for them to start the process to even give you the treatment and get compensation. A lot of veterans still won't acknowledge that they're having problems with in certain areas, which cuts off their benefits until they find themselves homeless and and that they absolutely need somebody uh, to unravel, to to um, to op- unlock that box so they can start dealing with some of that repressed emotions that they've been dealing with that put them in the position that they're in at that point. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think it's. Well needed, well overdue. I hear more and more people come into our uh, business channel here and talk about emotions and big, powerful leaders and say, you know what? I can't just order people around. I got to consider their feelings. I got to con- I got to check my feelings. Feelings are part of the equation here because we're humans. We're not robots here. Yes. And we've t- been too long hey. to think of us as just workers, a-, a cog in the machine. You know, I want to add to that too because this new generation they are totally in their feelings. Yeah. This new generation no longer wants to be told yes. what to do. They want to understand what they're doing. Yes. They yes. want to be able to get in <laughs> tune with that. So 
So if we are going to move in a direction of getting our young people where we want them to be, we have to start getting into the emotional intelligence level. Because, because they, they don't no they don't trust no facts, I was going to say. They, they don't believe yeah. authority. When somebody comes and says, this no, is the way right. it should be done, yeah. I'm not sure I feel, I'm not sure I, I agree with that. And that it doesn't feel right. To yeah, me. That, they'll tell you, I'm not feeling that. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. And they shut it down. I'm not feeling that. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, what are you feeling? And I just told you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. People in, in our era, you know, hey, when we were told what to do, we did it. Yeah. You know, Without question. You know, <laughs> I never said to my dad, I don't feel good about that. I'm not feeling it, Dad. I'm not sure I feel like something yeah, I want to do here. Let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> taking out the trash. Let's talk about this for a minute. <laughs> I don't feel good about taking trash out here. Uh, uh, yeah. these, these young kids, they, they will come to a job, and if they don't like job and they don't feel good in a job, they will quit in a minute and walk off. Yes. Right. Or feel that it's it's help, it's it's serving them or it's serving some greater purpose. It's they got to have some feeling involved for this stuff here. I never had to have a feeling involved. I just wanted a job. I I, I think it's retraining people at, to to that. But when you do, how much more powerful are is your life and others? You're not controlled by your feelings, and maybe like like Wall Street does and 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 Hollywood and everything maybe you can use those feelings to your advantage you can tap into other people's feelings you can create feelings absolutely yes absolutely I, passion yeah but i think it's, it again it, it goes back to what carolyn was saying with um, eq is being in control of that feeling and again not not letting those feelings get you to a point to whereas uh, you have to deal with consequences that you didn't anticipate you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, what I really want to emphasize, too, is that as you, we can see in this world today, people and these gun laws have gotten so loose where people now you know, are getting mad and shooting and killing people. Back right. in the day, we had to, you know, we used our fist cuffs if we had to, but we didn't do the level of violence that we're seeing now right. in our society. Right. And all of that. When you go back and you really take a look at it, it's the lack of emotional intelligence in those individuals that yes. cause them to respond the way that they do. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm gonna give you so, one I quote mean, here. We had a we had a guy come in. I should get him. See if I can get him back again. This was a couple of years ago. Very fascinating guy. He was a Navy captain. He ran a, a submarine. So they called mm -hmm. those. Do they call it a submarine a boat? A submarine. A submarine. Okay. Anyway. I thought there was a difference yeah, the a ship and a yes. boat or whatever. Yeah, the boat. Anyway, and he was, and he wrote a book. His name is David Marquette, uh, M-A-R-Q-U-E-T. And he wrote this book called Turn This Boat Around or Turn the Ship Around, one of them. And he talks about how he had to relearn leadership. He's out in a submarine with mm. a bunch of guys. He can't fire them. He can't right. say, get out of here. He, 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 as much as he wanted to be in command and control, just shut up and do this and push that and don't question authority here. He's on a boat in the middle, under the water here. So he had to start acknowledging their feelings. He had to start working with. He had to start motivating. He had to start understanding. He said, "I didn't want to do any of this. Right. I just want you to push that button and shut up." Right. Had to deal with the human being. Right. Had to deal with the human being. Right. Yes. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. We are a bundle. We are a bundle of emotions, and we go through thousands of emotions in a day. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, Carolyn, again, uh, I love this conversation. Uh, I would love to have you back. But again, if somebody wants to reach out to you, uh, give that number again for them to reach out to you. 
I have um, two numbers. Number I gave you a minute ago was my personal number. I'm gonna give you my business number. Okay. Business number and Tyrone, please write it down so if somebody calls in, you can give them this number. I got a pen right here. Okay, it's six seven eight. Okay. Two four nine. Okay. Me, I'm sorry. Two nine four. Okay. Two one one one. Two one one one. So I have six. I have six seven eight two nine four two one one one. Correct. I have a friend of mine, uh, Master Chief uh, Petty Officer Christopher L. Penton, and if I gave him your your phone number, uh, all he would think is the last four two one one. He just thinks of the extension. Right? It, yeah, yeah, it's, it's two. Okay, we were, we're in Company Two One One in San Diego, so they see two one one one. He would just he'd have a deep flip out. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I um no, I do appreciate you guys. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Should have more conversations about this because I this agree, is man. where we're yeah. moving in yeah. our society. And if we don't start helping people get a grips of their is level of emotional intelligence, I mean, it's no, we see it. Yeah, we see the outcome. Know. Yeah, we see what the result is going to be. So I agree with yeah. you. 100% on this, Carolyn, 100%. And we need to have more and more of these conversations and we can get dialogue, uh, podcasts out. We can change the narrative and get people to start thinking about uh, their emotional intelligence. Now, again, we're not going to save the world, but if we can reach the one person and reach that, that one person where they can reach their family and they can reach their neighborhood and reach their community, then that's how we can actually uh, bring about change. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. One person at one person, one person at, a time. at a time. So again, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Uh, I, I got goosebumps right now. <laughs> <laughs> I really am because again, I think we touched a vein uh, that that our listeners, you know, not just the listeners, but people out there in general, can understand that you know they need to understand. Uh, their own emotions, you know, their emotional intelligence so that now they can deal with their loved ones, their, their significant others um, as to what's going on. And, and not how. sabotage yourself all the time. That's what yes. I, I discovered. You know, I wasn't in touch with my emotions because I wasn't taught to be in touch yes. with them. I was taught to ignore them, right. to overlook them. Yes. 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 Absolutely. So again, we're going to wind this thing down. And uh, Carolyn, thank you for being here. And I would love to have you back. I would love to be back. You know, you're my brother. I love you to death and I'm your whole family. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk to your sister later on today. See how she's doing. Well, good, good. Um, Tell her I said hi. <laughs> I, sure, <laughs> I sure will. I sure will. <laughs> well, Carolyn, again, I love you too. And uh, thank you so much for doing this. And like I said, we're going to have you back. We're going to have you back for sure. I would love to be back. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. That's our show for this week, Closing the Wealth Gap, the one show, the only show that shows you how to take control of your financial future. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, OCTalkRadio.net.